Welcome to Joy Sound Spotlight, a new Joy Sounds feature that highlights individuals and organizations that are doing great work for emerging artists in music. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Today we meet Andrea Stolpe, co-founder of Writer to Writer. Writer to Writer is a series of dynamic retreats for songwriters of all levels looking to build their network and further develop their artistic voice. Andrea brings a wealth of experience as a professional songwriter and educator in curating the Writer to Writer retreats to create enduring and impactful artistic collaborations. Let's find out more. Please welcome to the Joy Sound Studio, Writer to Writer co-founder, Andrea Stolpe. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much, Chris. So tell us about Writer to Writer. This sounds like a very exciting project you have going on. Yeah, Writer to Writer was begun uh, from my desires to create a more connective, collaborative, face-to-face experience for songwriters uh, who are are looking for that kind of an experience. Writer to Writer describes really retreats uh, that I lead uh, either outside of, just outside of Nashville, New York, and LA. And we do several retreats each year. Uh, in these locations. And the goal is to allow songwriters of varying uh, levels of experience and career aspirations to come together and create a supportive and a safe network through which to practice their creative habits, mm. learn tools for songwriting that, again, the end goal for me is to enable songwriters to write with greater ease and greater flexibility in situations that they find themselves in, um, in the industry and at home in their own living room. Yeah. So it's really focused on the creative process so that they can go out and really take hold of the opportunities that they, that they want to, to drive their career. This is really great. I think this fits in need because we as songwriters can find ourselves isolated. We can find ourselves sort of in our writing room, plugging away, wrapped up in our DAWs, all of these things. But uh, really, the creative process is about the human-to-human interaction, the writer-to-writer interaction, right? That's what's critical. It is. It is. And, you know, I know there are many, many opportunities out in the world to have collaborative experiences. And at the same time, I called it writer-to-writer because I myself am a writer. Mm. And I feel my heart goes out to writers who will say things like, you know, gosh, I just can't collaborate. I, I don't like to collaborate. And I remember a time when, you know, I had been writing in my living room. It was a very private experience. And I felt like my best work was done when I was suffering. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, you know, <laughs> that's the burden of us songwriters, right? <laughs> it is. It can be. It can be. It took a while to learn that I can be in a room with someone having a good time and um, seeing my creative process better for the presence of someone else. Took a while, uh, certainly in, in Nashville, where I spent the better part of my career, learning how to utilize my strengths when I can't necessarily predict that I'm going to be able to be 100% mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. that morning. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that this retreat enables us to do. And part of that is to be able to walk into a room knowing the strengths that we bring. And I think that, again, when I started out as a writer, there was this immense pressure to bring everything. Sure, yeah. I was in charge of the great harmonic progression, you know, certainly the groove, regardless of my instrumental skills, 
you know, had to bring a, a good melody and a hook that fits that melody, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Gotta, and it all has to be innovative from <laughs> 10 to 1230 yeah. PM yeah. before we break for lunch, you know, or I might not get that, that co-write again. That's a very <laughs> tall order. It's a lot of pressure. Did you discover that that actually just wasn't the case? They were looking for your individual strengths, right? Yes. And uh, fortunately, I had the pleasure of writing with many good people who were able to reflect back to me Mm. what my strengths were. And when I say good people, I mean, these are educated musicians who've done a lot of co-writing themselves. And it's so difficult when you're a songwriter in, you know, the middle of small town, Illinois. Yeah. And you have good reason for not moving to a major music city. But where do you get honest and helpful and specific feedback towards uh, what your unique perspective is on songwriting? Right. Information is to be had everywhere. You can pick up, you know, a hundred books tomorrow. And they'll all get delivered to your door on how to write, you know, quote unquote, hit songs. Right, yeah. And a lot of it- And tutorials um, and videos. I mean, mean, the market is kind of flooded with that type of information, right? It's absolutely flooded. And I'm convinced that we don't need more information. I think what we need is how to connect that information with what drives our desire to write in the first place. Yeah. So it's very much about learning to- harness, if not before those collaborative sessions, mm-hmm. harness the the strengths that we bring and the perspective that is ours, whether that's a lyric writing base or comes from a musical space. This is hugely valuable because you're absolutely right. One of the most valuable things that we could bring to the table is simply a sounding board for these songwriters and creative artists to get that feedback loop happening so that they understand where they fit in. And so just so that I understand, is that a principal objective of these writer-to-writer retreats? These retreats are a maximum of 30 participants, which is a pretty good-sized room. Yeah, absolutely. It enables us to have a good pool from which to choose from for people to interact, whether that be based on personalities that mesh well, or we find that one participant brings a strong harmonic groove sense and and another participant can't stop writing melodies. And so these two folks, of course, might find a nice pairing between the two of them. So one of the activities is sort of sussing out those complementary skill sets and matchmaking, which is a strength of yours. You already bring that to the table. You do that in your professional life is this matchmaking, finding those really great combinations, right? I do. I enjoy bringing sort of the up-and-coming writers to connect with folks that are uh, have been signed for a number of years and Mm -hmm. know the drill. And I think that's what causes innovation in the in our industry and in our art form. Before the retreats, I have a, a few folks that help me listen to all of the entries and just to see what's going to be the dynamic and make sure that we really understand. That's actually kind of what I was wondering mm-hmm. is, is if you have a heads up ahead of time yeah. to know what who's in the room. So it sounds like you do. You do your homework ahead of time. That's right. My goal with beginning writer to writer is to help foster direction, good guidance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for people who are looking for it. It's not the idea of writer to writer to try to harness everybody that applies and be what they need us to be. Because, you know, again, coming from a space where years ago, it's almost like, you know, you look at the at the landscape of how to become and a, a successful artist and, and songwriter. And when from the get-go, we don't always know 
And there's these questions of, should I be an artist? Should I be a writer? How would my approach uh, to the opportunities that I take look differently depending on uh, which direction I choose? And, And all of this without even really being clear about what distinguishes us from any other writer who's out there trying to do the same thing. Because yeah. nowadays, I mean, you can, I could record an album this weekend, throw it out there, yep. do yep. a, do a, you know, follow all the social networking suggestions and, and, and get somewhere with it, whether it be art that really reflects my passion or not. Yeah. I think we need less of cookie cutter, here's how you do it, go out and do these steps. And more of if this feels good to you, if this feels like this is going to foster the creativity you're looking for to sustain a career, because it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is nothing but hard sure, to yeah. continue uphill amongst all the resistance that we find when we're trying to put our music out there yeah. and have it rise above the noise. It seems like you're tapping into principal challenge of a songwriter and artist is just to stand out. How do you separate yourself because of that wonderful thing that you mentioned? We can all make music and we can all put out music. Yeah. But standing out, separating yourself and distinguishing yourself with your unique voice seems to be a principal objective of what you're working towards. Absolutely. Uh, How long are the retreats? So the retreats are one week. Can you describe what a day looks like? What's the activities like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We begin by getting to know the room and really understanding what we're all there for, what Mm -hmm. we hope Mm -hmm. to, uh, to accomplish during the week. And a reasonable expectation for for these retreats is to have performance opportunities, certainly several collaborative sessions throughout the week. But a good amount of the retreat is understanding what kind of a writer you are based on feedback you're going to get on Mm. sections that you write, interactions you have with other writers and understanding then, too, how can you, uh, what specific tools of the craft might be helpful for your situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm saying, you know, I, I just got done saying a little bit ago that there's information overload out there. Well, this is true, but I believe that having a set of ears, multiple sets of ears that are looking at your art through the lens of our own experience, to be able to say, you know what, I noticed that your, your melodies often start on the root of the scale. I notice that you yeah. you always, yeah. you first strum and then you sing. And it's really interesting to see patterns in our own writing because that I think is where we can start to push the boundaries of our style and explore simple things like, why have I been having trouble writing choruses? How come I have such difficulty seeming getting to the point or making sure I've got that sort of thin red line pointing from the top of the verse down to the chorus and the title? Because that awareness of our own craft is, I think, critical to being able to go to any writing situation and feel like you were successful. And like I said, grow our style and and write with more intention. I think that's the bottom line is being able to sit down any day of the week, know what I'd like to create, and a greater percentage of the time, get in the ballpark. So it sounds like the participants really have to come to these retreats open-minded. You're inviting these participants to come with a certain mindset. It sounds like for them to get the most out of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's such a vulnerable space to exactly. receive yep. feedback yeah. that, you know, one of the, the issues I have with um, songwriting contests or services where you simply pitch a song and you might receive for 
course, an extra fee, a small amount of feedback. You know, there are no solutions within that. And so my style of of teaching that I feel strongly about is not to give feedback without also giving a potential solution. That's so, refreshing to hear. <laughs> that is so refreshing to hear because it's so easy to say that course doesn't work. Yeah. And it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And I know this yeah. from years of being a staff writer in, in Nashville. I had the supportive network of publishers who were well-versed at giving feedback. I had other songwriters that I was writing with, and that doesn't mean that we wrote great songs. I mean, it's true. 90% of what we write is not our best 10%. Right. That's just the way it is. Yep. And kind of coming to terms with that fact is part of a creative habit. But being able to have tools at my disposal, for example, knowing that it is a tendency of mine to write with a particular rhythm. Mm -hmm. And my verse mm -hmm. will always have that rhythm. But knowing that melody is part pitch, part rhythm, and that maybe most of the time my brain is thinking about altering the pitches I sing, not thinking about what can I do rhythmically here in the last line of the verse that's going to get me out of that familiar situation of having yeah. to rhyme with door. You know, <laughs> and so we've all been backed in that corner. Yeah, yep. yep, I get it. <laughs> um, so knowing, oh yeah, that's right. I've got kind of my my flow chart of options here. Yeah. I can change my rhyme scheme. Having the flexibility to flip out one line that shows detail for another line that shows similar detail but lands me in a different position with rhyme. These are the kinds of tools that I expect a retreat or any depth of experience uh, being taught songwriting would teach you. I certainly hope that my writer-to-writer -writer retreats offer no less than that. What you bring to these retreats is a wealth of experience, both as a, a practicing writer and as an educator. So summarize your background for us a little bit. I was uh, lucky enough to have found Berkeley College of Music right out of high school. Mm -hmm. So I went to Berkeley, the uh, piano performance. I was classically trained, also played in bands and orchestras and things and uh -huh. jazz band up until that point. And I went into Berkeley knowing that I wanted to do songwriting. And that is, uh, in the end, how I ended up in Nashville. I was looking at whether to go out and be an independent artist and navigate uh, that, that whole jungle of possibility or be a writer. And I knew that my heart was in, in writing and I hadn't the foggiest clue how to go out and be an artist. Mm, mm. And Nashville had this beautiful system. It's a small town, and you can go out. If, any, I, if I can ask, what, what yeah. year? Because Nashville's changed so it much. Has. And so I, you were probably... I moved there in it, 98. Yeah, so it was a different place in 98. Oh, it was a place of cassette tapes. I had right? cassette tapes yeah. in my back pocket, and yeah. I walked up and down Music Row, and I knocked on <laughs> the door, on the front door. Because you could. Because you can. You could. Yeah. I had my lyric sheets and I had my cassette tape with my best efforts at uh, writing country music. But I loved the way that songwriting felt like putting a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. You know, and somehow uh, some of those puzzle pieces reflected pieces of me, things yeah. that were true to me yeah. that also might, in my heart of hearts, intersect with what was on the pulse of country music. And so that where I was where I was headed. And I was signed for six years. Uh, I was on my second publishing deal. First, I was with EMI Music Publishing and then a 
Smaller house, Almo Irving. I was signed for six years before I ever got a cut. It is the long game, isn't it? Ooh, it is the long game. Yeah. And I know there's, you know, there's longer games, but there are much shorter there's games. There's shorter games. No, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> pathway is different, but I, I, I think, mm-hmm. I, I think yours is maybe more of a familiar story. Yeah. And even the quick success, right? It's not quick once you delve into their story. True. <laughs> it happened overnight in 10 years. In 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in addition to this professional experience that you had in Nashville and getting that cut after six years and all of those things, you also became a very well-established educator in the classroom, out of the classroom with books and and materials. And so how did you get into education? The first experiences I had in teaching were organizing my own events. I would book Mm. out a club. It It was a stretch. It was like $400 to book out. Club Tangier, for example, in LA. And then I would rally my friends, anybody I could, to come. And I would have an hour and a half or so teaching some of the tools and things that I was learning quickly. And, and part of that experience would be having a chance to perform. And so it would be enabling uh, writers and emerging artists to perform to a packed room Mm -hmm. because when we'd get 15 of us together and we'd all bring our friends and family and and get the word out, of course, the room would be pretty full, which would be a unique experience. It's hard to, to, to book out a room when you're a writer who would also like to showcase some songs, but you're not really at a point where you're ready to say, you know, here's my set list and, (laughs) and I've worked at the room and I feel pretty confident about, you know, so it it gave everybody a chance to perform with consequence, yeah. you know, in in the spotlight and with that energy, that, that ability energy. to actually interact with an audience. Yeah, it's hard to simulate that otherwise. It is. Yeah. It is. So we kind of combine the workshop idea with the performance in mm-hmm. the evening. It was just a great day of connection. Now, as I was doing that, I began teaching for Berkeley College of Music's online program that they had Mm -hmm. just uh, launched in, I believe, early 2000. And I still teach for Berkeley Online. Amazing. And it's it's such a fabulous experience for someone, particularly because it opens up all these opportunities to interact with others in courses and with instructors. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they have some of the top, top-notch instructors. I mean, having gone to Berkeley, I can kind of compare and contrast the online experience with the brick and mortar. And yeah, I have yeah. to say, for those people who are unable to move to Boston and take advantage of a program like that or move to LA and take advantage of USC and these other really highlighted programs, the online experience at Berkeley is fantastic. That's great I would to recommend it to, to anyone. And not just because I, I teach there. And I know you've also got some in-class experience as well. I do. At USC, I do teach at the Thornton School of Music's uh, pop program. And I have the pleasure of teaching students who are always had a desire to study music, to study songwriting, and their life has taken them into neuroscience, psychology, business. And, uh, And they come into my classroom and for an hour and 50 minutes, they get to live the life of a creative. Mm -hmm. And what is amazing is that so many of these students feel in the beginning 
that they're worried that they won't be able to access this creative space that somehow, mysteriously, songwriters and musicians are able to just instantly live within and, right, and right. create something amazing. It's almost a, it's a, um, this magical, mythological thing mm-hmm. that's out there that... Uh, Either you're born with it or you're yeah, not. Yeah, I hear that right? all the time, yep. But we get to find how to access that space and for 16 weeks at least explore what is the potential of growing that and accessing that on a more regular basis and, and yeah. writing some songs. So it really seems like you've got a, a passion for teaching and you've had all this professional experience, but you you keep up your writing though. You're still an active writer. I do try to keep up the writing, mostly because I, I you know, I, I do enjoy it, but I can't bear to get up in front of my students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without feeling like I'm facing the same struggles and they're kind of fresh in my mind, you know, trying to stay relevant, you know, growing with with the industry. Yeah. So I, I do feel, I feel more confident. I feel more connected to the, the students and the, the people I'm working with when I am also trying to write. You know, I certainly want to see my own music touch other people. Part of what I do because I run these retreats and because I am the person that people have entrusted for the moment mm-hmm. uh, or my students have entrusted for the moment with their hard-earned livelihood and and their future, you know, I want to make sure that I understand how it feels right now to try to approach a licensor with my music yeah, uh, to meet new people. You know, there's obviously so much uh, turnover, people changing jobs and focuses. You know, so many of the people um, that I interact with within the industry, they're also coming at it, at least first from an artistic space. And just being able to talk with them and understand, uh, you know, that we, we do have a common, common goal and that mm-hmm. we're all mm-hmm. trying to find the best fit for uh, whatever it may be, whether it's a performance opportunity or pitching a song or some uh, licensing or or film spot. And so just being a writer helps me to stay on that kind of win-win space yeah, um, yeah. where I can understand where they're coming from and what they need. And if it's not, you know, something I'm working on, then there have been many times where I'll recall someone whose music I think they should hear. And that is really at the heart of, again, what I, what I aspire to create and I think is what a lot of people hope is going to happen when they get involved in retreats and, and yes. trust other people to guide them. Yes. That you would hope that they can see opportunities that you aren't aware of yeah. or connections that you didn't make. You know, not to say that any of us can promise that any of those connections and opportunities are going to be the thing that breaks everything open. Yeah. But I do hold that responsibility uh, very close close to me that I, I want to be able to cheer for the people with whom I work. Yeah. And if I don't think that I can cheer for their music and where they're at mm-hmm. uh, creatively and their ability to go out and harness those opportunities themselves, then um, I can certainly guide them towards opportunities that can grow them to that point. Part of your, I think, skill set that you bring to the table is that assessment of where are they at, what do they need, and how can I get them there? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All within the limited time that one, sure. one person or a team of people can do. But there's so many resources that I find that the songwriter who has not been 
hanging around in the industry, hanging around studios, other songwriters mm-hmm. and things that, that you don't necessarily know. You know, ASCAP and BMI and CSAC have workshops. Yeah. They're free yeah. for the most part. If right. you can get yourself there, ASCAP, uh, BMI, PROs, they've got representatives whose job it is to help foster the direction of songwriters. Right. And I will add to that, that there is a way to approach these people that is very helpful if you want to maintain relationships and grow on those Are you able to summarize a little bit of that? Sure. Yeah. So how do I approach uh, Representative X or Y? The basic advice that anybody will give you is certainly email etiquette. Yeah. Understand that everybody's busy. Sure. Do your research beforehand. Know who you're talking to before you ask them. I think one of the biggest, most critical uh, things that we can bring in to any meeting is to have specific questions where you know your needs. Yeah. So you walk in and say... So, for example, let's say that I've been able to get my 15 minutes with the ASCAP rep in the pop department. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk in there and lay my music down and say, you know, let's listen. And then you tell me what you think Mm -hmm. I should do. And that's, I think, one of the (laughs) the number one issues. I'm going to walk in there knowing, let's say, two or three publishers whose writers I find compelling And I might want to work my way up to writing with. And I might ask the rep in a spirit of learning, this is where I'd like to go. Mm -hmm. I would love Mm -hmm. to be able to somehow harness the ears of of these few people at this publisher. And I know these two or three writers are there. I would love to end up writing with those people or be in the room or maybe in a a session, a fly on the wall sometime with them. Can you think of any writers who write in those circles? that I might write with at this point. And, and, I, and I'm going to go online and I'm going to find out where are they playing? Who are they writing with at the time? Do I know anybody? Now, notice how I didn't say, can you put me in the room with those writers? Right. I'm taking it down a notch. I'm saying, let's expand the circle. Are you comfortable helping me understand what writers on these sort of outer sides and those edges of those circles I might think about trying to write with yeah. so that I can eventually, you know, get the trust of, of those people and, and enter myself into those those circles. There's a skill to making those meetings, again, in the spirit of learning, you put that beautifully, but also in the spirit of uh, finding a way that it's mutually beneficial. Because if you can find a pathway to say, if you help me develop as a writer, that's actually going to work great. This gonna, That's going to work out for this organization as well, rather than going into a conversation and saying, here's what you can do for me. Definitely. Uh, that that makes for a very short conversation a lot of times. Most definitely. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, and it's an instant out. It's an yeah, uh, instant yeah. uh, sign that yeah, you might yeah. not be in it for the right reason. But it sounds like if these are the types of topics that you're open to mm-hmm. and that will probably inevitably come up, it sounds like the writer-to-writer retreats is a very holistic. What you're trying to do do as a service for these writers, because there's the being the sounding board, being the matchmaker, but also really preparing them for that life that they might find themselves in. So yeah. it's it's an all-encompassing approach, it sounds like. I hope it is. Yeah. I really hope it is. We start the day with yoga. Many of our retreats, we have a yoga instructor come in and help set the stage for a good creative space for that mm, day. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I really believe it's it's not just about those five days. The first five days are the spark that lights the fire. Yeah. And it's about yeah. what happens in the weeks and the months 
after the and retreat. That's the gift you can give them is, is that it's, it's intended to set them on a pace yeah. that's going to serve them for years to come. It's not, not necessarily that there's a um, hard start or end to this process. Right? right. And in fact, I would urge our writers to be cautious about anything about that, that does promise a hard start and a hard end. What I have valued over the years as a songwriter is without a network, you you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. You know, my that seems to be at the heart of this <laughs> retreat, doesn't it? That's at the heart of it. Though I I do uh, certainly we can make uh, great strides with a person's craft mm-hmm. um, and uh, and things working one on one. I'm excited for this. I'd love to sign up. Oh, this would be fantastic. <laughs> where Where do you want our listeners to find out more about Writer to Writer? The best place to go would be to my website, okay. which is www.andreastolpe.com. And there they can find uh, information on, on the cost and uh, specifics about what goes on in each day. And I'll be sure to include your website on the Joy Sounds website so we can help to direct people there. Thank you so much, yeah. Chris. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Good. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for you. I, I, I think that there's uh, a lot to look forward to with Writer to Writer. I certainly hope there is. Once again, you can find out more information about Writer to Writer by visiting andreastolpe.com. Thank you for listening to Joy Sounds Spotlight. And be sure to check out Joy Sounds Music You Need to Know our weekly showcase of the brightest emerging and breaking artists wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, this is Chris Sampson saying thanks for listening and thanks for your support.